Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Matt, I am doing great. How are you? Life is good. Love spring. Almost summer. We're almost yeah. there. And you're still wearing a jacket, though. Must be I know. It was a little chilly. We had a little rain drizzle here in Atlanta today, so it kind of gave me a little chills. Nothing chilly here. No, no. Now, now it'll probably be muggy, though, right? As soon as that, that, that sun comes out and bakes it in, steam comes rising up. I'm used to it. <laughs> Welcome to your life. All right, episode 75, six easy ways to increase revenue. Six yeah. easy ways to increase revenue. We're building on, uh, last week we were talking about the three numbers you need to know, your revenue, your gross profit, and your overhead costs, right? So your variable costs and your overhead costs, which got you your profit margins. So I'll go back to sharing my screen and we'll continue that conversation. There it is, right there. So... There we go. I'll put it over there. So we talked about last week. Remember the numbers we had to have revenue, cost of goods sold, which is where we call variable costs, commissions, and how much it costs your product or supplies. And we said we had to know your overhead costs, basically your salaries and your rent and your utilities and that type of stuff. So uh, we talked about knowing those numbers and how exponential growth would be the best way to do it. If you could increase your revenue by 5%, decrease your cost of goods sold by 5%, and decrease your overhead by 5%. That leads to a, I think we said a 45% increase in your profit. I believe so. So we were gonna talk about, that was one of the ways. So now we can talk about, well, how do we increase uh, profit? How do we do that? I'm sorry, increase our revenue. So we said increase revenue here, six ways to increase revenue, right? So number one is increase prices, right? And so uh, most small business owners haven't raised their prices since really ever. Right. I want to make reference to that because it's so critical um, for a business owner. So what happens is if you, I don't know, I don't care what kind of business you're in, you're underlying your vendors who are supplying you products, unless you make digital products only, then, you know, you don't have anybody else supplying you products. But, but if you make digital products only, you have online platforms that have price increases. So what ends up happening to a lot of entrepreneurs is they get an under, underlying price increase, which dramatically shrinks their margin, but they don't want to upset their own customers. So when I was in the electrical business, my suppliers consistently had a five to 8% increase um, in product cost to us right. annually. And so there was a period of time as the economy was getting worse in, in the last crash um, that literally I didn't raise my prices for like four years. And it really put a hurting on my business because my underlying costs kept going up and my profit margin kept going down. And believe it or not, my employees still wanted raises every, every year. And, <laughs> and uh, your other expenses kept going up too. All, everything kept going up, but I was being dumb. And that's why uh, when we say six easy ways to increase your revenue, it would be better for you to just do 3% a year than to try to do five, seven or eight in a single time frame. But, um, if you're like right now going, what can I do? Increase your, just increase your revenue. I mean, raise right. your prices. Increase your prices. And, and we, got, we got two examples on that, which I was going to tell you. Uh, they got a whole example that I went through, but I'm not going to do all that. But let's talk about the biggest fear is if I increase my prices, I'm going to lose customers. So you can run a little math. This, this little example talks about that, that, that uh, if you increase your prices, you would have to use, lose a large amount of your clientele in order for you to lose money. So the next example, um, I think it's something like you'd have to 10% price increase, you'd have to lose 25% of your customers 
for that to matter. You'll have to run your own break-even analysis on what that is for you. But the, the point is it never happens. If you increase your prices by 10%, you'll never lose 25% of your clients. It just won't happen. No, and if you do, frankly, those are the clients you don't want anyway. I mean, let's be Well, the quiet. ones you do, yeah. The ones you lose are not going to be the good clients, so that's fine. And the ones, there's no way that you won't make more money. Your profit will have to go higher because you'll never lose 25%. So yeah. we had two examples of this just recently. So I'm working with, uh, I work with a lot of dentists. And so they're coming out of COVID and they've had to take a lot of extra measures, you know, for protection, right? And so the debate is happening is, do we put on there like a COVID cleaning fee, you know, in addition to, you know, $10, $20, $30 for a COVID cleaning fee. Remember UPS was doing this when gas prices were high, they were having, you know, an extra shipping fee or a fuel surcharge. Uh, I remember the shipping people were doing it. But you're going to find it when you start going back into hotels and I can almost guarantee it. You will see it on airline uh, reservations. I almost guarantee that you're going to see a COVID related price increase. So they're just not, what they're doing is they're showing you a reason for the price increase, but don't think for, if they make, I used to oh, that, that, That's going to be my point would be, uh, we, here's the debate we were talking about with the dentist would be, I would rather you, you'll probably do better off if you just did a 3% price increase across the board. Yep. Instead of nickel and diming them, hey, here's an extra five, ten, twenty dollar fee for COVID. Heck, just increase prices by three percent. Now it's on your whole client base, and you'll probably end up making even more money than just the little ten, twenty. Plus, it won't won't upset your customers because Correct. they might get irritated by that extra little surcharge. And and for a dentist or a doctor or, or a lawyer, uh, you know, any professional, um, accountant, CPA, uh, if you increase your prices, let's just say by 5%, no, none of your customers are going to notice who goes to the dentist and says, how much is this cleaning? Right. I right. mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, a lot of people do. A well, lot you got in, insurance reimbursement rates and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, just in general, the example is you run your own numbers of what your price increase. Investment advisors, I deal with a lot of investment advisors, right? They get clients in, they never increase their, their rates. But obviously, like you just said, with your lighting business, the fees go up. So you could easily do where you Increase fees on all your new customers. Keep your past customers at the same rate, the new customers at the, uh, the new rate. You could do a combo of the two where you did the new customers at this rate and we'll, we'll make half the difference. You know, we're going to ease in our old customers over a three-year period to get them up to the, the new fee schedule. So there are various ways to do this. But the point is, is, is like you had said, small business owners are never, hardly ever raise their prices, right? And that's the, the number one easiest thing because that's 100% goes right to your bottom line, Right. You raise prices by 3%, that 3% goes right to your bottom line, which increases your profit because you didn't have to take any expenses out of it. No, I mean, I know there's the argument that, like a restaurant, well, if I increase my prices, I've got to print new menus and I've got, I mean, sure, sometimes there's a cost. <laughs> right, right, right. Put that in the cost. Right. But, but just simply <laughs> do it. Increase your prices. Yeah. So number one, increase your prices. Number two, you could actually just sell more stuff. How do you sell more stuff? Well, gosh, that's kind of what we, you and I do with our coaching programs, right? So we got our coaching clients. You can have a marketing program. You could do joint ventures. That's trying to find somebody that also deals with the same clientele that you do, that you don't self-competing, right? We've talked about that before. We're like a florist sure. and a wedding cake. They both do weddings. They work Which well together. Which is something we brought up as part of our mastermind. When we, when we do a mastermind, we're not gonna, we, we typically wouldn't put mul multiple people in the same industry in the same mastermind. 
Why? Because you have the joint ventures that can happen inside of a, a mastermind as well. It's a great place to find your joint ventures. That's exactly right. Upsell and cross-sell. So you're trying to upsell them to, hey, you want fries with that, right? Or you want that as a, as a large fries with that, right? McDonald's does it all the time. Downsell, right? That would be, oh, you don't want this version. How about the, the instead of the luxury car, how about the uh, less version of that uh, car? You see uh, a lot of that now with the online... Uh, courses like they'll they offer you the mac daddy course like it might be 1995 dollars right. and, and like people are in snicker shop but they're like but, but wait if maybe if that's a little bit too much we'll take out this and this and you'll still get the basics for you know 995 dollars so right. that's a down sell just so you know but adding a second product to the pipeline once they've made the commitment to already purchase is a great way um whether it's downsell or upsell. Yeah, right. exactly right, right. If they buy the product, why don't offer a one-on-one -on -one consultation for an extra, you know, 100 bucks or whatever the number is, or you're buying uh, paint and we'll, and we'll, for an extra $100, you'll get a paint color consultation, right? We talk about painters. We've talked about that in one of our examples before. Bundling, and this is where we get into that, where we had talked about price increases. Bundling, when you, when you put add value, uh, we think we just used one last week was the restaurant, right? So it's going to be, I'm going to give you a free bottle of wine and two desserts. The guy next door, he's just offering a discount. Well, which one has more value perceived by? Because I bundled my stuff together. You now can't compare me to the guy next door, apples to apples. So by combining and adding value, um, introduce what else, else would your client I did this. You broke up. You're breaking up a little bit at the moment, man. Is your Zoom? All right, we back. We're good. You're back. Good. So right. you're on introduce additional products. Yeah, introduce additional products or services. I was working with one of my healthcare providers and saying, "All right, are there other services? Let's just do an exercise and write down seven things that you could that your clientele, other products or services that your clients could use." Now, whether you provide them or not, just write down the seven and then you could find a joint venture partner who, who could provide those. You could sell the product yourself. You could get a commission for getting the product yourself and refer it to the other person, a referral fee. And, right? and that's, it's a great, okay. So, so let's say you didn't want to increase your prices. And let's say you're a, um, a landscaper. You don't want to increase your prices. Well, what can you do? You could actually offer um, you only do landscape. Let's just say you don't cut lawns, but you say, Hey, I got a guy who does really good on lawns. And, and, and if he gives you 10%, well, you just increase your prices without doing any more work. Right. If you don't want to increase your prices, sell more stuff, you know, in, in that adding additional products in a joint venture where you don't have to do more work is a great way. I mean, it's, there's, there's a million ways we could go on forever, but no, and this is good. And this is part of the online academy that we have. We've got the website over there at 10X Profit Blueprint where you can learn this stuff. I got the little slide up here. More leads, more conversions, more transactions, higher prices, and more profits, right? And if you're in our mastermind, you get access to all of this. Yep. And in the mastermind, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about, how to grow the revenue, marketing programs, joint ventures, upsell, cross-sell, downsell, bundling, additional products and services. So there are ways to do it. Um, I think people get kind of stuck in their own way, right? They just get stuck in their own way. Uh, option number three, you could lower your break-even point. And, and what is your break-even point? And really, that goes back to your uh, uh, number. How much revenue do I need where it covers all my expenses, right? So in the little example we've been using is this, I got overhead expenses of $60,000, and then I've got this variable cost of, of 
uh, 60%. So I got to figure that out. So what we're trying to say is how much revenue do I need in order to, to cover my cost? So in this little example, I think it's like a $150,000 example in this one. So I need 150,000 revenue to cover all my costs, my variable costs and my fixed costs. But the good point about that is once that I cover all those costs, my profit margin is actually higher, right? Because now it's just the variable costs. I've already covered all the salaries and the rent, everything going forward, right? We talk about this with dental practices all the time. Invariably, and I've run this number a thousand times on dental practices, it's somewhere around $250,000 to break even right? So a dentist profit margins are anywhere from 35 to 50%, right? So let's say it's a 35% dentist. And, and he says, well, look, I'm only making 35% margin. Why would I want to work any harder? And, and what I have to tell him is, so no, let's back into your numbers. You're actually uh, overall making 35%, but you know, your next dollar will be at a 90%, next like 89% profit because your only fees are the variable fees. You'll have some lab fees and some supplies but you've already paid for your hygienist and your staff and the front office and your rent. So literally everything else is, is pure profit on the next dollar that you have coming in the door. And the next dollar here, here's let's, uh, let's stay on the topic of a dentist. So yeah. let's, let's say that for a dentist, um, for the most part, a dentist will retain a client on average, I believe it's like six to eight years uh, because most right. people move in six to eight years. But they, when they re, somebody goes to a dentist, for the most part, they stick with them. So let's say your retention is 70%. So literally, if you spent that entire 90 cents to acquire the next customer, in other words, you started acquiring more customers by advertising and marketing because you're at this base that you're already there and you start spending all of what the profit on that first visit is gonna be just to acquire the customer, from that point on, you're making gravy. And that's where marketing and sales and marketing can come into hand because sure, your first time you work on them, you're not making anything, but the next time they come in and the next time, now you got this big customer base, the bigger the customer base, now you raise your rates 3% and what happens. Right, you're exactly right. And, and when I talk to this specifically about any business owner, but, but even the dentist, it almost motivates you more. Like, gosh, I really thought I was only making 35%. You're telling me the next patient is like at a 89% profit margin? Holy smokes, I'm gonna work harder to get in the next guy because I make a ton of money on him. Yeah. Same thing that you're saying. If, if, if you just break even on your first customer, we talk about that's a, the cost of marketing and yeah. lifetime value of a client. And if we, we could spend 100% of the first year's fee on this to acquire the client because he's gonna be with us for seven years and we'll make money on them the next six, right? So that's part of the analysis that we can do. So this was talking about, you know, if you lower your break-even point, um, which really means lowering your overhead costs and some of your variable costs, then it makes it easier. Your profit margins are higher going forward. There's a little chart here. It gets a little complex, but we got the gist of it, meaning, gosh, I thought I was making 35% profit margins. No, you're making 35% overall, but your next client in the door is a bunch of money. We've talked about this before, so so... Cost of goods sold do not exist for most professional service firms, right? So uh, a business coach, financial planner, consultant, web designer, chiropractor, accountant, business brokers, they don't really have the variable costs, you know? They have overhead, they have staff and rent and office and equipment, and then that's it. So for every dollar extra they bring in, it's not quite 100%, but close to 100%. Think about that. If you have a chiropractor practice and you're making X amount of dollars, well, now your overhead is covered. I'm paying for the rent. I'm paying for my staff. The next patient that comes in the door, 
you know, you got LabVie's x-rays sure, is, sure. is, is 100% profit, you know, 90% profit, 80% profit, right? So once we cover that base, so really for professional services, uh, you really just want to focus on your revenue and cutting your overhead. Like those mm -hmm. are your main things. Hey, how do I grow revenue and how do I keep my overhead expenses reasonable? Because it goes right to the bottom line. Um, then we got option number four talks about leveraging the profit and loss statement. Remember this whole thing has been going through the profit and loss statement. So leveraging the P&L, lower overhead, increasing revenue. It's almost what I just said. So this says, let's lower the revenue by 20%. Going back to our little example, uh, same kind of revenue, 300,000 in revenue, uh, 180 in variable costs gets us a gross profit of 120. So we're 45, 40% gross profit. We lower our overhead from 60,000 to 48,000. How did we do that? I, you know, there were different ways. There's a whole nother slideshow we have will be how to lower the, the fixed overhead costs. Also a same energy, um, Look at all energy, your utilities, technology. There's all kinds of ways, right? The first ways to, to lower your overhead is actually to know where it's going. I, I mean, <laughs> that's you know, right. You got to look at your costs and say, okay, where am I spending money here? Um, for I, I want to talk about the early years in 1998 when I started um, my previous company. Um, we got to where I had, I want to say about eight salespeople that were printing and we were using inkjet printers at the time. And my, my printing costs were getting to be like $1,500 a month. But we were selling like crazy. So I, I never really thought of it. But then um, in walks a Copytronics uh, salesperson who says, you can get this all out uh, color digital printer and do all of this stuff. And, and basically, it'll, it, was like, it was like 470 bucks a month. I'm like, well, <laughs> it, this, is, this is a no-brainer. So even in something as, as simple as that, I cut my cost. I mean, I cut them almost by, you know, 70%, about 60%. And I had a brand new printer that could print a lot faster. I wasn't dealing with the ink. Someone else is maintaining it. That is, there, there's a lot of things in your business when you know what your overhead is that you can look at. And there's other vendors who can come in and help you reduce some of that. Right. Exactly. Right. And, that, and, and we talked about that before we were talking about, you know, one of the exercises I think everybody should be doing during this crisis is going through your credit card statement and your bank statement with three different pins. Is this, yes, it helps me keep a client and no, it doesn't. And then the maybe we need to really think hard about it. Do I really need that service? Because now is the perfect time to go through your P and L and decide what expenses can I cut? How can I cut them? Uh, funny thing is, and we'll talk about this, maybe another example was how to be more efficient, you know, and talk about cutting your overhead. And so one of my uh, clients, he's got uh, teenage kids that are going to be screening uh, the patients before they come in the office, right? You can pay them 10 bucks an hour instead of having your, you know, assistant or office manager who you're paying a much higher rate, right? We want her to be more productive doing stuff that's office related and we could have the kids you know, take the temperatures and screen the patients and, and before they even walk into the dental practice. How cool is that? That's a You're doing a favor for the kids. You're doing a favor for your staff, right? Yeah. You're keeping everybody healthy. I mean, it's, I mean, there's a lot of creative ways that you can take care of that. Um, so we talked about that. So uh, increasing your revenue. Oh, this talks about again, that if you do both increase your revenue and decrease your overhead, it's kind of a double effect. And, and why here's the takeaway from that. When we, uh, reduce our overhead costs that goes right to your pocket yeah. right so if you reduce your cost by a thousand a month like you just talked about that you went from fifteen hundred dollar printing to less round to five hundred dollar printing that's an extra thousand dollars a month that actually goes into your pocket Dave as the owner 
without without spending any more on employees, advertising, none of it. It's straight in your pocket. Right in your pocket. Now you could choose to reinvest that. We talked about for marketing purposes, stuff like that. But the point is, is that when you reduce overhead, it goes 100% to the bottom line, which is better, even better than increasing revenue. Because remember revenue, like we said, we got to take out those variable costs and the fixed costs. So we're only getting 40 cents on the dollar in this example, right? So um, revenue increase only gets you 40 cents. Reduction in your overhead gets you dollar for dollar, right? So that means reducing your overhead is two and a half times, 250% greater impact on your bottom line, right? So it's much more important to gain control of your costs than it is to increase the revenue. Now, I do want to, I do want to put a big asterisk on here um, because there comes a point when as a business owner, um, every business owner is unique, but where you want to grow. I mean, um, I've, I've heard it said, I'm trying to think of who said it. It's a, it's a famous quote. It's basically, you can't, I think it's Robert Kiyosaki. You can't save your way to wealth. Exactly right. So, um, and that's what we're talking about. If you make that extra thousand that you saved on the printing costs, invest let's reinvest it in marketing, right? Yeah. Let's reinvest it in the marketing. So we that's don't want exactly you to think right. that, oh, we're, when we're saying cutting costs, that you got to yeah. spend all your time and focus on that. But it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to look at it every now and then and say, okay, let's cut this because it goes straight to the bottom line. Yeah, straight to the bottom line. Option five, this is what we call the exponential growth. We kind of talked about that a little. Increase all areas by 5%. Those three numbers, if we can increase your revenue by 5% and your cost of goods sold, if we could decrease it by 5%, and then we could decrease your overhead by 5%, that's that, uh, that's that 45% increase in profit in that example. Uh, we go from 60,000 to 87,000. So it's an exponential effect. Hey, I just, it's, it's, like, it's like the nickel and dimes. I just increased revenue by five and I just decreased overhead and I just decreased gross profit uh, expenses by 5%. Wow, that doesn't sound like much, but in React, that, that, that uh, is like a 45% increase in your profit. Yeah, and if you look at that, like if all, if all you did is took that profit and you invested that in your 401k or whatever, if you're, or I mean, if you build wealth, that's how you build wealth. Right. And in your S, S, SEP, depending on what you have, well, over a 10 year, 20 year period of time, that's a massive amount of money. And all you did is make 5% incremental changes, but it caused exponential, exponential growth in your wealth. That is, that is exactly right. Uh, the final thing we'll talk about today is examine accounts receivable. So this is, I can't tell you how, how many times this happens. So, you know, your business drives in new accounts, then you're following up with those new accounts and you're painstakingly closing those new accounts. Then you pay commission to your sales guys on that account. Then you fulfill it and make sure everything's going right. Then you pay your staff to help out with that new client. Um, and then all of a sudden you forget to collect the money, right? You've done all the work of, of how hard it is to get a new client, and then you did not collect the money. I have, a great, I have a great tip. If you are, have a problem uh, where you have salespeople that get paid to bring in accounts, and, um, and you have this problem where you're not getting a focus on all your accounts receivable, don't pay your salespeople until your clients pay you. I promise Absolutely. they will stay on top of your accounts. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the easiest way to do that. That's exactly right. Make sure the salespeople are responsible for getting that money in. We just had an example for another client of mine whose accounts receivables, nothing has been done since October. You know, we thought we had, she thought they had an assistant that was doing it and that assistant really wasn't doing it because she was just slacking off and now all of a sudden accounts receivables are, are back in October, right? So it's like, holy smokes. So talk about ways that we could do that. Um, 
you were mentioned, hey, just make, we don't pay until the money's collected. Tell your salespeople we don't pay until the money's collected. They'll help you collect the money, right? Uh, you should itemize your accounts receivable so you know who owes what and when. How, how, who owes what? How long is it past due? I'm on a board of a charity up here and, and we get some, uh, it runs a little, a little store associated with it. And well, who owes us money, right? Let's find out how the accounts receivable, even in a little charity, right? That matters because that money matters. So know who owes you money, how much they owe you money, how long is it past due? And you and I are in automation. So we could, you know, I got a whole program where we talk about automating the accounts receivable process, right? So you could have, you could have automatic emails that go out that as reminders. You could have automatic phone calls that go out as reminders. You could have the partner or the owner call. You could have the head salesperson call, right? So, you know, email, phone call, email, phone call. I mean, there's, a, there's an automated system in here. And, and, and that's part of the thing that I learned from one of my little mastermind groups. You know, I've talked about that in the past, I think on another podcast, but you can automate accounts receivable and you can get this done and get it embedded money that you sit in there and collect it. You did all and you just, you're, you're kind of breaking up. How's your, your, your signal stable now? Yeah. 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 Back. So, um, taking here's, here's something that I want to, I want to move back. Okay, let's say you have a problem with accounts receivable. Here's what here's what you need to do annually. Um, first of all, your clients, if if they're gonna borrow money from you, because that's what they're doing in accounts receivable. Yeah, yeah. Make them fill out a credit application and make them agree to interest if it goes beyond 30 days, and make it a very high interest. Um, one of the things that I do is um, I say, look, um, this price that you've been quoted is a cash price. If it's on accounts, if, if, if it's on collections, on accounts receivable, the price is 5% higher. I've done this for 30 years, well, 28 years now. And they're like, well, why is it higher? Because I'm lending you money and right. I have to pay other people to collect that money. So it's not that, of course, I know you wouldn't be a problem, but it's because of everyone else and I've got to spread it out. So ah, we, that's a great we, system, right? We give a cash discount for paying today. So the price quoted is cash. 5% higher for accounts receivable, and then 1.3, one and three quarters percent a month after, after from 31 days. And that's, right. and, and, and just so you know, we don't want to be a bank, but if you ask us to be a bank, then we have to act like a bank, meaning you have to agree to pay it. And then you actually have to do what you say you're going to do, which is pay your bills on time. Right, right. And we could do a whole thing on an accounts receivable because I've had some conversations with clients. Think about how lawyers do it. Lawyers put up a retainer. You got to put the money up in advance, right? Uh, they don't sit here waiting around trying to collect hourly, or at least the good ones don't, right? They have retainers. And I got I a health retainer as a copywriter. I mean, yeah. typically I get half the money in advance, there you um, go. at least 25% in advance. And uh, then I'm paid in, in milestones along the way. Retainers work. Retainers uh, work. That's exactly yeah. right. So you can change just because it's done that way in your business. There's, there are plenty of types of businesses that, that you pay the retainer model first, right? I was having this discussion with a healthcare provider and they're like, well, nobody else does it this way. And I was like, so the law firms do it this way. The, the copywriters do it this way. The financial planners do it this way. Uh, why don't you just copy their model where, it, it, where you put up the retainer and you know, we, debit your account until it gets to zero. And then you put up another chunk of money. Then you're not, the, the point I'm trying to make is you're in the widget business, right? You're in the healthcare business, the lighting business. You're not in the collection collections business. Oh, you're not. Yeah. And, and stop calling accounts receivable. 
Right. Start calling it loans because that's what you're doing. You're loaning your money. And yeah. so, and whenever I talk about accounts receivable with any client, I always say, look, you, you're asking me to loan you my money. And they're like, yeah, but that stuff's sitting in your warehouse. And say, well, I've had to pay for it. If it's in my warehouse, I pay for it because I, I get a cash discount for paying for it. So you're asking me to loan you money and that's what you're really doing. And if you look at it like that, you can understand why I'm not a bank. I never went into banking, but you're asking me to be in banking. Yeah, so. That's perfect. We do a whole other call now. So just to summarize, six easy ways to increase revenue. We're talking about increasing the price. You literally, nobody's ever done a price increase. Small business owners hardly ever do it. That goes 100% to your bottom line. You could sell more stuff, right? We have a whole coaching program, a mastermind group around that. How do we sell more stuff? Lower your break-even point, which is really lowering your overhead. And so then it kind of motivates you that, hey, once I get past the break-even point, my profit margins are really actually extremely high after that, right? My next new client, my next new patient is, is a very highly profitable, kind of motivates you to, to work a little harder. Uh, leverage your P&L, that's what we we're talking about. And exponential growth, if we have a, a small increase, 5% increase in revenues, 5% decrease in your variable costs, 5% decrease in your fixed costs, and all of a sudden you've got a 45% increase in your profit margin. Just those, everybody could do that. Everybody can increase prices by 5% or increase revenue by five, right? Uh, and then we talked about itemizing and tracking your accounts receivable. You've yeah. done all the work, why not collect the money? Exactly. And that's why we said this was six easy ways there are more ways to increase revenues but this is six easy ways i mean easy there's nothing here that you as a business owner can say well i can't really do that or i can't really do that you may not be able to do all six because you may not have accounts receivable but these are six easy ways that apply to almost every business but certainly every business can do three or four of these which will cause you exponential growth right exactly right and this is the kind of stuff that you know you and i are talking about we got a mastermind group we're starting up this is the type of stuff that we'll go through with the mastermind group where you will get to learn this type of information. You'll get to learn it from your peers. How did you increase the prices in your lighting business? How did you increase the pricing in your chiropractic business? How was it received? How did it, how do you respond to clients when they complain about it? How many of them complain? It's a lot, you know, hardly ever, it's much smaller than you think it is. But this is what the type is of, of items, six easy ways to increase revenue. Let's explore which most appropriate for you bounce those ideas uh, around in the mastermind group, right? Get good feedback, how they've done it, how they've handled it, how they've scripted it, right? Yeah. And, and that's the power of the mastermind group is you don't have to figure this stuff out on your own. We got a topic and we got ways to do it. Now let's explore how, how it works for your business. And like you said, maybe not all six, maybe one or two, but the point is you only need one or two, right? That's all you need to have exponential growth, have exponential bottom line growth. But anyway, uh, that's where we learn our mastermind. If you're interested in our mastermind group, you can reach us over at Profitability MD. I think it's Matt at Profitability MD and Dave at Profitability MD. Isn't that right, Dave? I believe. Yep, I believe so. And right. it'll be on. It'll be in the notes on this uh, on the uh, YouTube channel. It'll be there for sure. Perfect. And then next time we're going to talk about a cost of goods sold. How can we reduce that? And the next one after that is talking about how to reduce your overhead costs. We've got two more in these little series to kind of uh, kind of bring this to tool. Yeah, and you can you also reach it. us at support at ProfitabilityMD.com too. Support at ProfitabilityMD. Perfect. All right, man, this is great. Six ways to easily increase your revenue. Uh, you can find me at Matt Hudgens at uh, LinkedIn. You can find me at uh, 10xprofitblueprint.com. You can find us at ProfitabilityMD.com. That's where this podcast is. We got our YouTube channel, ProfitabilityMD. So you do YouTube and uh, ProfitabilityMD. Uh, anywhere podcasts are found, you can find us there as well.
Dave, where do we get to find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, David Mulvaney on LinkedIn, and um, you can find me at davidmulvaney.com. All right, perfect, man. This was good. I appreciate it. All right, Matt. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care.